بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم سورة الطور سورة الطور is a مكي سورة it has 49 short verses and about 1500 حروف سورة الطور is one of the مفصل سورز and remember that مفصل سورز are those سورز which the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم recited very frequently in صلاة so there are many reports in which we learn that the Prophet ﷺ was heard reciting Surah At-Tur in his prayer. For example, there is a narration in Bukhari, in which we learn that Umm Salama anha, she said that she became unwell when they had gone for pilgrimage, and the Prophet ﷺ told her to do tawaf on her camel, because she wasn't able to walk. All right? So she was to do tawaf on her camel. And she said that while I was doing tawaf then, I saw the Prophet ﷺ praying beside the Kaaba, and he was reciting Surah At-Tur. In another narration, we learned that once the Prophet ﷺ was heard reciting the Surah in Salatul Maghrib, in the Maghrib prayer. So what is the Surah? Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Wat-Tur. By the Tur. Wa kitabim mastur. And by a book that is inscribed. Where? Fi raqim manshur in a parchment that is spread open. Wal baytil ma'mur and by the frequented house. Was saqfil marfur and by the heaven that is raised high. Wal bahril masjur and by the sea that is filled up. You see, right at the beginning of the surah, an oath is being taken. Not just by one object, but by many things. Five things are mentioned over here by which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath. And remember that when Allah takes an oath, the reason is to not prove His truthfulness, because Allah is truthful. When people swear an oath, when we take an oath, why is it that we have to take an oath? To prove our truthfulness. When Allah takes an oath, It is to show the importance of what is being mentioned and also what is being taken an oath by. So to highlight the importance of two things. Firstly, the object by which the oath is being taken. And secondly, what is being mentioned after the oath. So here, five things are mentioned. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath. What is the first one? tur By the tur. What is tur? Tur is a word from Syriac language originally. And the word Tur in Syriac language means mountain. As we learn in the Quran, Tur Sinin. Alright? Tur Sinin meaning the Tur of Sinin. Sinin as in Sinai, so Tur as in mount. Alright? Mount Sinai. Tur means mountain. We learn in the Quran, وَرَفَعْنَا فَوْقَكُمُ tur. We raised, we lifted over you, on top of you, the tur as in the mountain. And generally when this word is used, the tur is used instead of jabal, then you will see that it is used in the context of who? Musa salam or Bani Israel. Alright? So tur over here refers to the mountain where Allah spoke to Musa salam, where Allah gave him the Torah. And this is the reason why the Tur, Tur Sina or Mount Sinai is understood as Afdalul Jibal. It is one of the most important mountains after Jabal Nur. Jabal Nur is a mountain where 
the Prophet ﷺ received first revelation. And the Tur is the mountain where Musa ﷺ was spoken to by Allah. وَكِتَابٍ مَسْتُورٍ And by a book that is mastur. Mastur from satara. Satara is to basically draw lines. And from that, the word is also used for writing. Right? وَمَا يَسْطُرُونَ And that which they write. That which they inscribe. So, mastur is that which is written. Alright? That which is written, especially that which is written in rows. Line after line. So وَكِتَابٍ مَسْتُورٍ By a book that is inscribed, in which there is writing. Alright? And kitab over here gives meaning of maktub. Don't think of kitab as in a book with a hard cover, alright? With pages and pages within them. Kitab gives the meaning of maktub, meaning writing. So writing that is mastur, that is inscribed, line after line. And it refers to which book? It refers to Lawhul Mahfuz, the preserved tablet in which everything is written. It is basically the record of this universe. Remember the first thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created was the pen and Allah commanded it to write. It said what? And Allah told the pen to write everything that was to happen. So everything, people, every creature, People, when they are born, what they are to eat, where they are to go. So everything that happens to us, or that we do, we will do, is recorded where? Within the preserved tablet. So, وَكِتَابٍ مَسْتُورٍ And by a book inscribed. Where is this writing? It is فِي رَقٍ manshur. فِي إِنْ رَقٍ Parchment. That is manshur. Manshur from nashara. And the word رَق رَق رَقَافْ قَافْ Basically, it gives the meaning of something that is thin, delicate, and soft. Raqiq. You may have heard of the term raqiq. Raqiqul qalb. Qalb as in heart, raqiq as in soft-hearted. Alright? Likewise, it is said, thawbun raqiq. A piece of cloth that is very fine, very thin, very delicate. Alright? So raq is parchment. Why is parchment called raq? Because if you think about it, parchment is very Delicate. Over time, it becomes delicate. And we're not talking about modern parchment paper. But in the past, where people would make parchment from animal skin, basically. And how would they make it? By stretching it. By stretching it, scraping it, drying it under tension. Right. So basically, they would hook it onto different things, stretch it to the maximum capacity and let it dry, and scrape it as much as possible. So it would become fine and thin. And it would also become shiny. And this is the reason why rock or parchment was used to record important documents. Alright? Important documents. Royal letters. And things like that. So, raqqim manshur, raq parchment that is manshur. Manshur nashara. Nashara to spread open. To unfold or unroll something. Lay it open so that it can be seen. So, في رق منشور in a parchment spread open. Meaning, by the book that is inscribed in a parchment spread open. والبيت المعمور Another oath is being taken. By what? والبيت by the house which is المعمور. معمور عين ميم را يعمر إنما يعمر مساجد الله 
Right? Ya'muru is what? That he populates. Imara is to inhabit a place. Populate a place. Meaning keep it busy. You see, sometimes certain places are empty. Like for example, masajid are generally empty through the year. But what happens in Ramadan? Hmm? What happens in Ramadan? It's difficult to find a parking spot. It's difficult to find a spot for your shoes even. Isn't it? This is imara. When a place is busy. Now what happens is that generally, the places of this world are such that there are times when they're extremely busy, but then there are times when they are empty. But there is one house, al-bayt, which is ma'mur, ma'mur, populated, always busy. No matter what time, what day, when you go, it's going to be busy. Which house is this? Al-bayt al-ma'mur, remember that it refers to the bayt which is in the heavens. Situated above the Kaaba. We learned that when the Prophet ﷺ went for Isra wal Mi'raj, he said that in, in the description that he gave of the journey, he said that then I was shown Al-Baytul Ma'mur. And I asked Jibreel about it. And he said, this is Baytul Ma'mur where 70,000 angels perform prayers every day. How many come to visit? 70,000. And when that group of 70,000 leaves, they will never return to the Baytul Ma'mur ever again. Basically, they'll never get a chance again to visit it. This is Al-Baytul Ma'mur. And why is it described as Ma'mur? Because it's always occupied, always busy, with angels worshipping and glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But that group of angels, for them, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Literally. They never came before and they will never come again. Al-Bayt al-Ma'mur. And remember that the Kaaba is also Ma'mur. Right? Even though Al-Bayt al-Ma'mur is specifically referring to the house which is in the heavens, but similar is the case of the Kaaba in this world. That no matter when you go, you will never find yourself alone. It's always occupied, busy with ta'ifin, right? People who are doing tawaf, or people who are doing rukur, or people who are doing sajda. Right? You know how there are certain places where when you go, you find it busy and you say, I'll come again when it's not busy. Can you do that with the karma? Can you do that with the karma? You cannot. And if you do that, you're making a huge mistake. Alright? Because if you can get to that masjid, then you know what? Take full advantage of it. Even if there are millions of people around you. If you wait for a time when the karma will not be busy, you're making a huge mistake because it will always, always be busy. So, وَالْبَيْتِ الْمَعْمُورِ By the frequented house. وَالسَّقْفِ الْمَرْفُورِ And by the saqf that is marfur. Saqf, seen qaf, fa. Saqf is ceiling. Alright? That what you see above you. So if you look up, you'll find the ceiling above you. Alright? This is saqf, what you can see. What is above you and what you can see. And remember that Many times in the Qur'an, the word saqf is used for the sky. Like for example, in Surah Al-Anbiya, Ayah 32, Allah says, وَجَعَلْنَا السَّمَاءَ السَّقْفًا مَحْفُوظًا We have made the sky as a saqf mahfuz, as a protective ceiling. Meaning a ceiling that is strong and a ceiling that also protects you. Right? And we have also learned in the Qur'an that the word bina is used for the sky. Right? بِنَاءً That he has made the sky as a bina, as a structure. 
We also learn, وَالسَّمَاءَ بَنَيْنَاهَا And the sky we have constructed it, we have built it. Now many times when we come across these descriptions, the sky being a ceiling or the sky being built, a structure, we wonder, what does this mean? Because as far as we know, the sky is what? It's space, isn't it? And when we use the word building or structure, we're talking about something solid like bricks or like wood. So what does it mean by this? Remember I mentioned to you earlier that bina or banaynaha, the verb banayna, it's used for making something, building something strong and solid, meaning it's not weak, it's not frail. It doesn't just mean it's solid as in the opposite of gas, all right? No, solid as in firm and strong. And this is exactly how the sky is. Yes, it's air. However, it's got its forces within it that we don't see, but they're keeping everything in place. We see that pressure, everything, you know, it's within a certain range. And this is what keeps the sky as a protective ceiling above us, protecting us from everything out there in space, which could literally destroy life on earth within moments. So, وَالسَّقْفِ الْمَرْفُورِ The saqf which is marfur, marfur as in that which is raised up. So the sky, the ceiling which is raised high, meaning it's beyond our reach. No matter how we go, we can never go beyond the sky. Isn't it so? So, وَالسَّقْفِ الْمَرْفُورِ The sky that is raised high. وَالْبَحْرِ الْمَسْجُورِ And by the sea that is masjur. Masjur, seen jim ra. Masjur has many meanings. The first meaning of masjur is mamlu', meaning that which is filled up. Because sajara means to fill something up. Like it is said that sujiratil ina'u bil the vessel was filled up with water. Alright? So fill, full to the brim. So al-bahr al-masjur, meaning the sea that is filled with water. Filled with water. And this is referring to the huge quantity of water that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed in this earth. And if you think about it, 71% to be precise, 71% of the earth's surface is covered with water. 71%. So, وَالْبَحْرِ masjur. So the first meaning of masjur is mamlu, filled up. Another meaning of the word masjur is also mamnur because sajara also means mana'a to stop right like it is said sajartul kalb that i restrained the dog so wal bahr al masjur meaning the seas that are restrained meaning with so much water with so much force within them yet they are contained the water is contained within its limits I mean, if you think about it, waves, they come to the shore with so much force, so powerfully. But what is it that stops them at a certain point? They don't go beyond it. Masjur, it's contained. It's stopped. It has its limit. And yes, there are times when it is told to go past that limit. And we see what disaster happens on earth when water goes past its limits. So, وَالْبَحْرِ masjur. Another meaning, the third meaning of masjur is muqad, one that is lit, meaning lit with fire, flared up, filled with fire. And this is mentioned elsewhere in the Qur'an also, وَإِذَا الْبِحَارُ سُجِّرَتْ And the day when the seas will be filled with fire. And this is referring to the day of judgment. 
So wal bahril masjur. And if you think about it, every single one of these meanings is applicable. I mean, the sea is amazing. It's an amazing ayah. It's an amazing miracle. Just consider its huge size and the volume of water which is within it, within the oceans and the seas and the rivers, and the number of creatures that live within it, the number of creatures that it sustains and within it, and those that are outside of it, that also live off of the sea. So, وَالْبَحْرِ masjur. What is the response of all of these oaths? Allah says, إِنَّ عَذَابَ Indeed the punishment. Which punishment? Rabbik of your Lord, meaning the one that He has promised. It is لَوَاقِعْ Surely وَاقِعْ وَاقِعْ from وَقَعَ To happen, to occur, to befall. Indeed the punishment promised by your Lord is certainly going to happen. It will occur. Because who is it that has warned of this punishment? It is your Lord. And who is He? He is the one who has done all of this that's mentioned over here. He is the one who spoke to Musa on the tour. And when Musa requested to see Allah, and Allah cast some of His light on the mountain, what happened to that mountain? What happened to it? Hmm? جَعَلَهُ Musa The mountain, it basically crumbled. That part of the mountain on which Allah cast some of His light, it crumbled. And Musa salam fell unconscious. It is Allah who has the lawhul mahfuz in which everything is recorded with His knowledge at His command. And such a Lord is deserving of worship and glorification. So 70,000 angels worship Him in Al-Baytul Ma'mur every day. He is the one who has built a strong canopy above us, protective ceiling above us. And He is the only one who will bring about the day of judgment when the water-filled seas will become filled with fire. So, O oh you listener, do you not fear your Lord? إِنَّ عَذَابَ رَبِّكَ لَوَاقِعُ Indeed, the punishment of your Lord is surely one to occur. مَا not لَهُ for it مِنْ دَافِعُ Any preventer. No one can prevent, can avert that punishment. Dafir from the word dafa'a. Dalfa'in. And dafa'a is to repel. Repel something, ward it off. Something's coming your way and you push it away. You avert it. This is dafa'a. So malahu for the punishment, meaning when Allah sends that punishment, no one can avert it. No one can repel it. No one can avoid it. In Surah Ma'arij, Ayah 1-2, Allah says, Because people would come and ask the Prophet wasallam, when is this day of judgment going to be? You keep warning us, you keep threatening us, so when is it going to be? Allah says, No one can avert that punishment. And the same thing is mentioned over here. مَا لَهُ مِنْ what is that punishment? When will it be? On the day of judgment. It is yawma. It is day when tamuru. It will sway. What will sway? As-sama'u. The sky. How? Mawra. Complete swaying. You see over here, mawra. This is a noun. Mustar coming at the end for emphasis. So yawma tamuru sama'u mawra. Tamuru from the root letters meem, waw, ra, maur. And maur is when something moves from side to side. Or 
in circular motion. Side to side. Because when it's going from one side to the other, how do you feel? You feel dizzy. Imagine you're sitting on a swing or something and it's going from one side to the other. Very strongly. What's going to happen? Eventually you're going to feel dizzy. The same way when you're spinning around. So this is what maur is. To move from side to side, move to and fro, swing in circular motion. So yawma tamuru sama'u maura, the day of judgment is when the sky will spin how in circular motion. It will move with a great movement, very strongly. Right now we see the sky as something that's massive, something that's calm, something that's so solid, and that's what's emphasized in the Qur'an over and over again. But on the day of judgment, the same sky will become frail and weak. The same sky which is perfectly balanced right now, stable, on that day it will sway. Why? Because its order will fall apart. And everything within it will also fall. In Surah Al-Inshiqaq, Allah says, إِذَا السَّمَاءٌ فَطَرَتْ When the sky will basically split. وَإِذَا الْكَوَاكِبٌ تَثَرَتْ And as a result of that, the stars will be scattered. They will fall. وَتَسِيرُ If this is the state of the sky, then what will happen to the earth? Allah says, وَتَسِيرُ And it will Move. What will move? Al-Jibalu, the mountains. They will be set in motion. Sayra, departing. Tasiru, sayr, from the same root. Siniyara, sayr, is to travel. When something is set in motion. When something is set in motion. When something takes off. Think about a plane. When it takes off, what happens? It's set in motion as it moves. Then it goes really fast. وَتَسِيرُ الْجِبَالُ sayra. Mountains which are towering, huge, solid, and firm. They will be set in motion. In Surah An-Naml, Ayah 88, Allah says, وَتَرَ الْجِبَالَ تَحْسَبُهَا جَامِدَةً You see the mountains and you think that they are solid, meaning they are immovable. And it so happens. That even if we have to construct our roads or bridges or whatever through mountains, we can't move the mountains, we can't relocate them. We have to make our way through them or around them because they're immovable. But on the day of judgment, what the Sirul Jibalu Sayra. In Surah Namal 88, Allah says, Wahiya Tamuru Marwa Sahab. On the day of judgment, they will move just as clouds move. Fawailun. So woe. Meaning terrible punishment. Yawma even that day. When? On the day of judgment. When all of this will happen, so a terrible punishment shall fall upon who? Lil mukaddibin. For those who deny. Mukaddibin, plural of mukaddib. One who denies. One who calls truth falsehood. Meaning something is true, but he calls it a lie. Something is real, but he calls it a fake. This is takdib. Takdib is to accuse someone of kadib. So those who deny the Prophet, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Those who reject the truth that Allah has revealed. Allah says this is haram, they say no this is halal. Allah says this is permissible, they say no this is not okay. They contradict Allah. Mukaddibin. mukaddibin. What will happen to such people on that day? A terrible punishment shall befall them. Who are the mukaddibin? Allah says they are alladina. They are those who. Whom they? Fi khawdin. 
fi khawdin right now they are in khawd and in that khawd they are yal'abun they are playing amusing themselves khawd khawawdad remember the literal meaning of the word is to enter into water just imagine a pool of water people go into it and as they go into it they're lost in it meaning they're busy having fun fully immersed this is khawd and the word khawd is used for heedlessness when a person is in a state of heedlessness and it's also used for long you know discourse meaningless discourse meaning engaging in conversations which are basically meaningless and useless but how one thing goes to the other to the other and sometimes it happens with us we start talking to someone or a group of people and what happens we spend hours talking or a good 20 30 minutes talking and at the end we see what is it that i got out of this conversation nothing useful but how our time was consumed it was eaten up so alladheena hum fi khawdin yal'abun yal'abun from la'ib what does la'ib mean play meaning something that appears to be useful activity but it is being done for no productive useful genuine reason right like for example if an artist right if an artist makes a painting why so that they can sell it for example that activity is for what purpose it's so that they can make money right but if we also not artists but if we grab some paints and paint brushes and start you know randomly painting one thing after the other randomly not that we are doing something useful writing something useful or making something beautiful if we start doing it and at the end we take all that paper and we throw it away that entire time that we spent doing this was what la'ib because we were doing it for fun right but at the end did we make money not necessarily if it was a class we were learning the art then yes it would make some sense we got something but we didn't really get anything out of this activity this is la'ib so alladheena hum fi khawdin yal'abun what's la'ib when you're doing something for the purpose of amusement you're not concerned about the outcome you don't care about the outcome you're concerned about the now the fun that you're having alladheena hum fi khawdin yal'abun the mukaddibin are those who spend their lives in what in empty discourse meaningless endeavors they're spending their time talking discussing working but at the end what do they get nothing allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us this time on earth for a reason and this time is very precious and if we spend hour after hour day after day just exploring or just doing one thing after the other which is not bringing us closer to any good result then we're wasting our time and we need to be honest with ourselves that week after week is going into what i mean think about your summer break right think about your summer i know some of you don't have a summer anymore right because of your family obligations or because of your work or because of your school but for many people two months two and a half months where do they go in what they just disappear at the beginning we set goals for ourselves you know what this summer I'm going to do this and this and this. I'm going to memorize this much Quran. I'm going to make up these many tests. I'm going to read these many books. I'm going to go and volunteer here and there. 
But what happens every day? Or every night we sleep late. And then in the morning we wake up late. And then half the day is gone. And then our mom is mad at us. Or our dad is upset with us. And then we have to do something to appease them. And then there goes one more day. There goes one more week. Live. Spend your time for a reason. With a reason. With a purpose. Because here, people who spend their lives just playing in heedlessness are being criticized. الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي خَوْضٍ يَلْعَبُونَ In the context, because it's a Makki surah, yes, it is referring to the mushrikeen of Makkah, who would spend a lot of their time discussing the Prophet ﷺ. And those discussions were not real discussions in which they were being honest and they were really thinking about the message that he had given. Rather, they would talk about him, mock at him, make fun of him, deny him. الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي خَوْضٍ يَلْعَبُونَ But in general, what we learn from this is that excessive talk, lengthy discussions, or overindulgence in various activities, which don't lead us to something useful and productive, this is a dangerous zone. This is putting ourselves in danger. We learned that once Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu, he said that we were sitting in the masjid and we were discussing things amongst ourselves. And one person would mention a verse of the Qur'an and another person would respond to him with a different verse. So basically, one person would say something and then to prove that they would mention a verse of the Qur'an and another person would say, no, no, you don't have a point here because I am refuting you with this verse. So basically they were using Qur'an to refute each other. And we might think that, wow, interesting. They knew so much Qur'an. The Prophet ﷺ came out and he was so upset. Abu Sa'id al-Khudri said it was as if a pomegranate had been burst on his face. He was so red in the face. He was so upset. And he said, oh people, is this why you have been sent? Or is this what you have been commanded with? Is this what you are instructed to do? Spend your time just discussing and talking and using part of the Qur'an to refute another part? He was very upset with them. So what does this teach us? That talking, discussing things amongst ourselves is not wrong. But talking for the sake of talking, discussing for the sake of discussing, and spending so much time in just discussions and leaving no time for actual work, we're deceiving ourselves here. الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي خَوْضٍ يَلْعَبُونَ And the Prophet ﷺ, he continued after that. He said, after me, do not strike each other's necks off, returning to disbelief. What's the connection over here? The thing is that when we indulge in such conversations, when we indulge in such pastime, it makes us heedless. It doesn't let the heart stay awake and alive and sensitive. And there comes a point where a person becomes so hard-hearted that he doesn't see wrong as wrong. He doesn't see right as right. And then he ends up committing the worst of sins even. So you see how he rebuked them for having such conversations and then he warned them that do not go on killing each other. Because these discussions will lead you to a state of heedlessness. And that heedlessness will make you so you know, ignorant that you won't even see wrong as wrong. You'll come to a point where you will kill each other and you won't even see the seriousness of that crime. I mean, if you think about it, how easily when we start 
you know, a conversation within our families, within our friends, starts off as very innocent. We start having fun and then that leads to what? Backbiting. That leads to making fun of people. So, الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي خَوْضٍ يَلْعَبُونَ And many times it happens that we begin excusing ourselves. Oh, it's okay. Let me take it easy. I work so hard. Remind yourself of the Day of Judgment. This time that I have right now is extremely important. I have to use it in the right way. Allah says, يَوْمَ On the day when يُدَعُونَ They will be pushed and shoved إِلَى نَارِ جَهَنَّمْ To the fire of hell. How? دَعَا Violently. يُدَعُونَ دَعَا Same root. دَالْ عَيْنْ عَيْنْ And da' is to push something or someone violently and disdainfully. Violently as in very harshly, very forcefully and disdainfully. Meaning you don't care about the fact they're getting hurt or you don't have any respect for them so you just push it away. In the Quran it is said, يَدُعُ الْيَتِيمِ يَدُعُ الْيَتِيمِ Meaning he repels the orphan, pushes him away. So يَوْمَ يُدَعُونَ إِلَى نَارِ جَهَنَّمَ دَعَا They will be thrust and pushed toward the fire of hell with a violent thrust. And the guards of hell, meaning the angels, they will say, هَذِهِ This annaru is the fire Allati which kuntum you were biha avit tukadhibun you used to deny. This is the fire that you used to deny in the world. On that day, they will be pushed towards the fire because who's going to go willingly? So they will have to be pushed. And as they will be pushed, the angels will say, this is what you used to deny. In Surah Al-An'am, Ayah 27, Allah says, وَلَوْ تَرَى إِذْ وُقِفُوا عَلَى النَّارِ If you could only see when the criminals will be stopped right before being admitted into the fire so that they will see it from outside. فَقَالُوا they will say, يَا لَيْتَنَا نُرَدُّ وَلَا نُكَذِّبَ بِآيَاتِ رَبِّنَا If only we could be returned to the world, we would never deny. We would never deny. So here the angels will say, this is what you used to deny. أَفَسِحْرٌ هَذَا A is, fa then, سِحْرٌ magic, هَذَا this, meaning this fire that you see. So is it magic then? أَمْ أَنْتُمْ لَا تُبْصِرُونَ Or is it that you do not see? أَفَسِحْرٌ هَذَا Is this magic? Because they called the Qur'an magic. They called the Prophet magician. Right? Whatever he spoke about, they said this is all magic. So they'll be asked, so is this magic? Because you see, when they would say that he's a magician or this Qur'an is magic, what were they implying? It's not true, it's all fake. So, أَفَسِحْرٌ هَذَا Is this fake? The hell that you see in front of you, is this fake? Can you deny it now? Can you ignore it now? أَمْ أَنْتُمْ لَا تُبْصِرُونَ Or is it that you do not see? Meaning, don't you see it in front of you? Of course you see it. There's no denying it now. Also, if you think about it, a person who's under the effect of magic, do they hallucinate? They do. There's different types of magic, right? So, one type of magic is such that affects the mind of a person to such an extent that they begin hallucinating. So, أَفَسِحْرٌ هَذَا Is this magic? Are you hallucinating? أَمْ أَنْتُمْ لَا تُبْصِرُونَ Or is it that it's 
لا تبصرون you do not see meaning it is true it's real it's before you there is no denying this reality now islawha now enter to burn in it fasbiru then be patient meaning be patient over the punishment aw or la tasbiru la not tasbiru you are patient meaning whether you are patient over the punishment or you are impatient over the punishment what is patience what is patience at a time when a person is in pain that he doesn't complain he doesn't scream right what is impatience that a person screams so fasbiru aw la tasbiru sawaa'un alaykum it is all the same for you meaning nothing will make a difference neither your endurance nor your anguish nothing will change you won't be rewarded for your patience and your anguish will never terminate or mitigate the pain fasbiru aw la tasbiru sawaa'un alaykum is this injustice no it's not injustice because innama indeed only tujzauna you are being recompensed for what ma kuntum ta'malun for what you used to do this is compensation for your own actions you see in this world when a person is going through some pain there's two ways that he can react one is that he is patient he bears it with patience why how for what reason with the hope of one day this pain coming to an end right that hope keeps you patient that it will be over some day even if a person is imprisoned let's say for 15 years then with every day he's counting down he's patiently bearing that time why with the hope that this will come to an end because patience is rewarded isn't it and in this world whenever we are going through some hardship we are patient with the hope of what reward from allah isn't it so but we see that here people are told whether you are patient or impatient it's not going to make a difference sometimes when people are impatient and they make so much noise then what happens people give up on them like just imagine a person in the prison they're causing so much trouble so much havoc right that they get them out of their condition and they put them somewhere else right and then from there they move them somewhere else So what happens because of their impatience their condition changes. So fasbiru aw la tasbiru sawaa'un alaykum in hell whether a person is very patient or he is extremely impatient nothing is going to change. Innama tujzauna ma kuntum ta'malun you are being recompensed only for what you used to do. This is your own doing. This is what you prepared for yourself with your own actions. So think about what you're doing. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wattur wa kitabim mastur. فِي رَقٍّ مَّنشُورٍ وَالْبَيْتِ الْمَعْمُورِ وَالسَّقْفِ الْمَرْفُوعِ 